podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today is Wednesday the 12th of June 2019. My name is Patrick Smith. Welcome along everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic summer. We thought we'd get together and just chat about the things that have been going on in the world of the Belfast Giants. This time last year when we did it, um, it was a lovely summer's day outside. Summer hasn't seemed to have arrived yet, certainly not where I am and no doubt not where you are, but hopefully things will pick up. If you haven't listened to a view from a rage from, from before, why not? Uh, welcome along. We're about to have about an hour or so of Belfast Giants orientated chat and maybe a little bit about the Elite League. And I do so in the company of three great friends. First up, the man who is the king of the statistics, the man who leads the stats team for the Belfast Giants, a long-time member with us here on A View From The Bridge, one of the staples of the show, Mr. David Majemsey. How are you? Good evening. Quite the intro there, Paddy. Thanks very much. Well, I thought, you know, we might have some new listeners, so uh, why not give them the introduction that they deserve? And I'll move on now to the man who's well, an international ice hockey legend, formerly of Team Ireland, Castle Ray Knight, and now the man behind the mic at Belfast Giants TV, Mr. Simon Kitchen. How are you? I'm very well, Patrick. Thank you very much indeed. All good. I was going to play this. Uh, uh, Sorry, you don't have to. Are you sure? Yeah, I think you might have to use the first bleep. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice trip to Madrid it was. And last but of course not least, the latest member of the View from the Bridge panel, a man who came and joined us last season and became quite a big deal pretty quickly. The real deal, <laughs> Joel Neal, how are you, mate? I am all the better for being in the company of you gentlemen again. Yeah, it's it's been a year now. I think my first proper show was the the June one last year. Um, but as you say, it was sunny then, and I'm looking out at rain soaked Belfast now. So, <laughs> yeah, just look look on the positive, guys. Another ten days, and the nights will be on the turn. Find <laughs> 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 the positives in life. <laughs> Red sunshine is always there. He is. Thanks, David. Um, right, oh, we got a hell of a June. show. Oh, a hell of a show. Go on. One month. One month. What's until, all I have to say? Until. Until. until oh, one month until. All oh, right, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, there'll be enough Team GB chat later. Uh, <laughs> we've got plenty to talk about. This show, of course, there's been lots going on right across the Elite League in the last number of months, but we're going to focus this show specifically around the Belfast Giants. We might, you know, we'll, we might dip into Team GB later on. But specifically, we're going to talk about where the Giants are, where the Giants are going, what's been happening in the last couple of months when it comes to the Belfast Giants. And maybe we'll get together in a month or so and chat about the rest of the league. But this time, it's all Giants. And, well, it's been a couple of months since the completion of the 2018-2019 season and sometimes passed to digest the successes. So, Davey, when you look back at the season past, what what do you think? What, what how do you look at it? How do you digest it compared to well, the season that we had? Well, you look back on it with a lot of fondness, especially the way it ended. You know, it, it was that um, 
long away trip we had uh, through the through the sort of November or December time, and we, we talked at the start. Of, it's probably this podcast. Well, that wouldn't have been this last because we wouldn't have known the fixtures. But say that when we knew the fixtures and we knew that there was going to be a long road swing, we talked about perhaps the eighty season and, and the way it galvanised the players. And we you know we went on a real tear up and more or less had the league won. We didn't have the same level of competition that season, um, and you know we came we came out of a very very good road swing. And we were still sort of level with with Cardiff or whatever, who put in a phenomenal season right down to that last weekend. And you know, I, I can't help but get emotional about the, the the complete high of not really expecting anything on the Sunday. You know, we weren't really expecting Cardiff to to go to Coventry and and, and not take away the two points. As it turns out, you know, Belfast Giants have scored the guy that got the the championship winning goal. And you know, it's just been. A season where you'll look back and think we won the Challenge Cup, we were all there together, it was a great night. We won the league, we were all on a bar here or there. And, and, you know, but for a post, but for some unbelievable goaltending in the first sort of 20 minutes of that playoff final, I think that the, the final the final would have been dead and buried. Um, unfortunate injury to Darcy Murphy, obviously, we were 50 goals in the season. And that, that I think... Had we won the playoffs, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have flattered us um, for Adam Keith to be in a second season as a as a coach, and they have won the cup in the first season. And they come away with a double and, and and treble if you want to include the conference in the in the second season, and and, and we go on now and we, we take another step forward into the unknown of of you know Champions Hockey League. But you know, you look back on the season, the, the Continental Cup, we had a hell of a season in terms of. The product that was delivered to us all as fans, and and you know, you could go back and and wax lyrical about you know Dustin Johnner scoring and then scoring a penalty shot on the on the in the Continental Cup final. That's probably even though we won the league and we won the Challenge Cup, that night is probably my one real outstanding moment from the season. The barn was up. I I have never, and I genuinely mean this, I have never heard the noise level in the Odyssey like mm-hmm. that. And and just waiting in the in the break between regulation finishing and the penalty shots, or I can't remember it was regulation and overtime, the noise was just incredible. And we we put ourselves on the European map that weekend as well, because had we not won the league, we were still gonna, you know, get that CHL spot. They they came over, they were impressed with, with everything we do in Belfast. And, you know, unfortunately we didn't take that away. You know, we were a penalty shot and a post away from winning Absolutely everything. So it'll go down in my memory as, as one of our very, very best and most memorable seasons we've had. Joel, I think, you know, Davy put it very well there. It was a, it was a season of highlights and, you know, so many highlights and so many, a bit of a roller coaster at times, times when we thought we were totally out of it. Maybe, you know, 11 points back chasing the Cardiff Devils and seeing that slow climb back to, to what was a fantastic finish with the, with the Continental Cup, with the, the, the high that was that, that road streak. You know, it was, it was, it was an incredible season. Yeah. Look. And, and I've already referred to it, you know, uh, last June was kind of the, the early genesis of, of working alongside you boys and, and doing a bit of coverage for the team. It was always going to be a special year for me because of that. Um, it was unbelievably busy, but it was always going to be special. But in hockey terms, I'm still standing by the opinion that I think we witnessed the greatest Giants team in history. Uh, you know, you, you look at the silverware hall. I mean, that alone, it's the most silverware we've ever taken away from a single season. We were, as Davies already said, a single goal away from a European championship 
and the playoffs. We qualified for the CHL twice. Um, you know, it, it was a team that never knew and it was beaten. And, and you, you don't need to look any further than that Challenge Cup final in Cardiff. Jordan Smotherman's overtime goal. Uh, the most anxious I think I've ever been watching a game. It was from start to finish the most heart racing, anxious, thrilling season that I've ever experienced. And, and you said it there, Patty, like the way everything unfolded, it was like a movie. It was like watching a sports movie, uh, just with the, the, the tightness of competition the whole year long. Uh, Cardiff and ourselves were neck and neck pretty much throughout the year, battling back and forward. When it's all said and done, I think what we had last season was just an incredibly special group of players who all bought in. Sometimes, you know, you get the core of your team buys in. You can see the guys that are passionate. I think there was unanimous buy-in to the club, to the fans, how much the city wanted it, to Adam Keefe and his style of hockey. And my God, didn't we all reap the rewards from it? I, I, and I can only hope that I'm sitting here a year from now saying the same thing. Says through last season on this podcast, we made a bait. We've had a hell laugh at some of the, some of the um, the soundboard stuff that came up from this season. But I'm just like looking at the soundboard now, and a lot of them, you know, are parts of your commentary as well. Where where you know it was like, thanks very much for turning up. You know things that. Yeah! Oh, but as funny as it was to isolate <laughs> things like that and and put them in, you know. Are you kidding me, Simon? They're really. <laughs> But it, 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 it summed up what sort of season it was. It was a season of such excitement. The, the, I think the, the boys have touched on it, um, and I wholeheartedly agree. You know, it, it's it been. I'm lucky enough to call against Chance TV, and we had some absolute crackers last year. I mean, uh, I got very excited on, on more than one occasion. Um, David touched on Unbelievable! This guy. <laughs> David, David touched on the the Continental Cup uh, against Ireland, which was it was just insane. Uh, David was standing right beside me doing a commentary, and Joel was on the ice, um, or down at the side of the ring. Sorry, doing the uh, the ring side, um, you know, commentating as well. And and to be honest, I can hardly hear them. Um, you know, we we were lucky enough to get centre ice at that night or those at that weekend actually, um, and it was it was brilliant to call it just. You know, coming out the width of a post to, to picking up that trophy would have been, to be honest with you, you probably would have heard me from Manchester without a microphone, Paddy. <laughs> um, but, you know, looking back, Davies touched on that uh, Ireland game and, and the noise and one of his major highlights. And when, when I, I was looking back, trying to, um, believe it or not, I'm, I'm sort of preparing now for, we're doing a, a Facebook live show in uh, at the end of August for the CHL. And I'm sort of just looking through how, we did last year. This well, this past season, we were bottom of the table on the thirtieth of September. Mm. You know, we're, we're four games in. We lost three, and we could beat Bath Panthers five and Dundee, and we'd beat Dundee. Um, and you know, after four games, you're sitting bottom of the table, going, right, okay, well, we, you know, let's regroup and get ready to go. And 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 again, Davey touched on the road swing there uh, from the end of October right through until December, um, and coming up with some massive, massive results and. Um, you know, it's 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 been a season that definitely and it'll never be forgot. Um, you know, Adam Keith picking up uh, the three trophies, um, and very 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 close to picking up um, five. Um, you know, and, and being recognised by the European Hockey uh, Federation or league or whatever you call them as the coach of the year, being nominated in there among five other top top European coaches is something that. As a second-year coach, it needs to be commended. Um, but it's in the history books now. You know, we need to start concentrating on next season. And I know Adam 
and Steve and the boys behind the scenes are stuck right in there. Taff was here last night. He's up to his eyes trying to get uh, kept organized for, for new signings, for incoming new signings. And, uh, and uh, he's, you know, it's, it's something else to look forward to. Yeah, the guys have, have said it all. I'm sure you'll want to have a say as well, Paddy. And, and Sis touches on a, a fantastic point. End of the, you know, first month of the season, we're dead last. Best goes carrying a knock, you know, um, Blair Riley. Couldn't remember his name more because he's left. Um, <laughs> Blair, Blair, Blair Riley has obviously just got back in the team, started the season, but and that line has just started to, starting to look like it's going to click, you know, Riley and Murphy and Rudy. And, and that line carried us for for a big chunk. And then the other lines came in and did what they had to do. You know, Pat Dwyer was unbelievable. Darcy Murphy's ended the season with, what, 50-odd goals. First giant ever to score 50 goals, mm-hmm. over 100 points. You know, and we've got the likes of Higgy came in. Um, you know, disappointing that, you know, the best didn't do what I thought he was going to do, although we had, you know... 19 points playing for sort of third, fourth line, scratching around there. Okay, I'm not going to try and say that he, he did. Fresh didn't do what I thought he was going to do, but you know, we, we had buy-in from all over. Guys that came in, first-year pros, Josh Roach, sensational, going on to bigger and better things. This is what we offer here. You come in here with guys at the tail end of their careers and with guys fresh out of school. And it was just the stars just aligned. I don't know, as Joel has said there, you know, possibly the best season in terms of Giants, I think it'll be very, very hard to hit those highs again. I said the greatest team in history, mate. Let's not get that. (laughs) Of all time in any any sport. Just the greatest greatest team in history. Don't underestimate Kevin Rain coming back in. He he, he had his knockers and he, he faced them straight away and he came in and was sensational. For me, real MVP material. But you could go right through that roster and they all came up with key moments through the season, game-winning goals. Dustin John or Curtis Leonard all came up with big, big moments. And then, you've, you know, you've got your Rolls Royces on the back end. Jim Vandermeer just just did what he had to do all season. And the British guys, again, Gary in there just doing what he did at the back end. And the other guys coming through, Shez and his, you know, announcing his retirement towards the end of the season and getting those, you know, getting the goal in the last, you know, regular season match, getting the goal in the playoffs. It was just, it was just meant to be, you know, and, and, you couldn't, you couldn't have kind of, when Colin announced that he was going to retire, you couldn't really have written the script that let's go and get him. I remember Schmeichel retiring when United, I think 99, and says, well, could we get him as a retiring president? They got him that big silver cup in Barcelona. And the Giants went and done that as well, you know. And I'd say, but for a post, he scores the winner in the, in the, in the playoff final as well. So, <laughs> not my fault, says he mentioned it. <laughs> so every time I mention the Champions League, we're getting. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. But yeah, so from from top to bottom, I, I don't think there was a weakness in that um, Russia season. Everyone played their part. Their man, you go down that statistically through the points, and you know you're right down at the bottom there, and you're at a boxer who comes up with that. Everybody will remember the block in the Challenge Cup final. Oh, you know, Mato. Broke records himself, 70, 81 games in a row scratched. Unbelievable, happy scratch, 81 times <laughs> out. While we're on that, Davey, let's not forget the, the Belfast. I can't believe nobody's mentioned Belfast Giants legend Francis Bovillier as either. I mean, retire the jersey. Uh, look, Frankie came in, didn't really work out for him in Belfast, wasn't really enjoying himself, left. But while he was here, did what he had to do. With, with, you, look, you look down, look at guys like Jelly, who only got 23 games due yep. to injury. But up to then, he was outstanding on the power play. 
he, you know, he, he was a really good demon. He was looking, he was looking good. He was, he was shaky at times. He was getting into it, and then he takes out. I think it was in in Brayhead. Yeah, it was the, the night before that. Sure, they brought him in for the Challenge Cup, and he scored. He, that was his first game back before the foot injury, and he and he goal. I mean, hundred percent. Like joking aside, that everybody played their part. I think that's it for me. I think, Davey, I think you summed up what, what, what my point was going to be pretty well. It's the fact that you, you take the season as a whole, you look at the excitement, but when you boil it down to the nuts and bolts and the individual parts of that Belfast Giants team, they just gelled so well together. You, 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 you'd outstanding goalkeeping, a defence that, that came together really, really well and and some brilliant firepower with, your, with not just... Darcy Murphy with his fifty goals in the season, but you had your, you know, um, Furley throwing their hits. You had, you had Blair Riley, whose name will will come to in a bit, but Blair Riley with one of his career seasons as a Belfast chance as captain, putting the team on his shoulders at times and uh, and leading us leading us to a championship without a doubt about it. And it was those individual parts which comes down to. Great recruitment, great recruitment by Steve Thornton, great recruitment by Adam Keith, great recruitment for the Belfast Giants as a whole to put that team together. And when we had to make changes, when changes had to come, they came quickly. And yeah, I think I, I, you're you're right there. I think it's one of the first times where changes have either been foisted on us or changes had to be made. And, and they came, and they came, and you know. Can you argue with bringing in a Kevin Ryan, a Chris Higgins, a Jordan Smotherman? You know, we brought in top, top end replacements. So, you know, credit to the guys that that's their job, I guess. I, I think over the se- in seasons past, we've been critical of the team to not make changes quick enough. When we see teams like, you know, Sheffield Steelers are ruthless. We know that. They they, they will cut players. He'd like, like They cut those two twins at the start of the season. And, you know, they, those those guys went on the Indy Fuel and started scoring for fun. But they're ruthless when they think that things aren't going well. They'll cut and they'll change. Belfast has a reputation to hold on to players. And it's a credit to the chance that they have such a good reputation that they actually look after players but sometimes when the changes have to come you have to be clever about it and I think we were clever about it and I remember having a conversation um, around f- mid-February with a few people which was basically are Higgy and Smo the, the key pieces here are they the guys who are going to come in and, and they're the bits that are going to drive us on to a championship they came in whether they were the key pieces or not they were certainly pieces in the puzzle that drove us in to what was to become a season of, of three trophies with the Challenge Cup the conference and the league title and yeah I, I think I agree with all three of you lads it's a season that I'll look back on with great fondness, great excitement, and a memory of one of the, if not the best Giants team that we've seen skate out on on ice at the SSE slash Odyssey Arena. And it was a pleasure. Paddy, if we if we all had to pick one moment from last season that stood out from you, what would it be? I'm, I'm, first, I'm, I, I'm going with what Davy said earlier. I'm going with the with the Dustin Johnner shot and the goal in uh, in the challenge in the Continental Cup. I, I, I've never heard a noise like that in the in the SSC arena. Joe, yeah, I mean, that, and I'm I'm not going to hijack that answer because I I know how much it meant to you, Davy. You've already mentioned it, Patty. You're saying the same. Um, can I say the Cardiff doubleheader home weekend where we took the points? Uh, that that to me was the turning point that put us on course for the title. Oh, uh, the the Dave Laurie's run from yeah. the, um, <laughs> he's the real M. He's the real MVP. Let's be honest. Retired the laptop. His run from the lap from the uh, from door twenty four down to um, 
the penalty box for that uh, controversial, you know, what ultimately turned out to be a, a league-defining defining moment. But for me, you know, I was really, really fortunate. I, I'm, I, I don't take anything we do here with the club for granted, but I was really fortunate to be co-commentating with Simon on the on the Continental Cup mm-hmm. final. And so you get those memories and occasionally they come up on, on Twitter or whatever, you know, somebody will re- relive the, the, the video and it's like Dustin John are lining up for a penalty shot. And I can't remember exactly. I think I quote the lyrics to the Dustin John or song, you know, stick at bottom corner, they'll go wide. And Simon comes in and calls it the rest of the way in. And all you can hear is him and me just unintelligibly screaming at the top of our voices. The crowd's going nuts. I think we were just hugging each other, and it was just like... You can clearly hear a high five we're, on that we're on audio TV. Well. <laughs> We're on TV. We're on TV. Very clearly. Stop, stop. But it was just... I was, I was very, very fortunate to be able to do that with him. And, you know, that for me... The, there's there's literally dozens of highlights get, seeing it's over. It's over. I'm phoning Paddy and running yeah. around the park not knowing what to do with myself. I'm a grown-ass man, 43 years old, <laughs> running around the park. People are looking at me like I'm on a glue. You know, it's, it's just, it was just a phenomenal season. But, you know, if I sat down and thought about it, I could probably come up with another 20 moments. But just that one really sticks in the mind at the minute. What about you, Sanchez? I'm going to go back to November um, when we absolutely thrashed Cardiff in Cardiff. It won. Um, I mean, I, I was I was sitting in um, Tenerife, or sorry, in uh, Portugal on the airport watching it on the top. And when I came back that next morning, um, the boys were training because they're they're getting ready for uh, they're training with Donald and they're getting ready for another road trip. Um, and the mood that they were in after they came back and handed the devils their ass in their own barn uh, was just incredible. And that's and that was just. More or less, I think it was probably about six or seven games end of the the road trip. We won every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you're all very, very valid points. You know, it's uh, 2018, 2019 season will be long, long remembered. Uh, however, I've already said it. I know Adam has, has forgot about it already. It's time to move on. Time to get ready for 2019-2020. Well, thank you for teeing me up, Simon, because that's exactly where we're going to go. That season is in the history books. The Belfast Giants have three trophies to defend. They are in what three, four competitions? If you could include the uh, if you include the Champions Hockey League, and uh, let's start by looking at the roster and talk about a few. Uh, let me run you through some of the confirmed departures. Colin Shields, we know, has retired. Dustin Jonner announced his retirement also just before that playoff final. Josh Roach goes into his second pro season, but not with the Belfast Giants. He travels to Austria and joins the Linz Blackwings in the EBEL, a team, you remember, we played in the Continental Cup way back in 2002. And it was, we played him. Um, Tyler Beskarani is off to Slovakia, Banska Bistrika. Darcy Murphy has been picked up by Corey Nielsen to go to DEL2 and uh, Leutzer Fuchsie. Uh, Kyle Bond joins the Vienna Capitals. He also goes to the EBL. David Rillerford has departed. Uh, we don't know where to, He's at, but he has announced that he will no longer be back with the Belfast Giants. And one of the big stories was Blair Riley and the Belfast Giants not uh, fulfilling come to an agreement not to do his second year of his contract. And he departs the Belfast Giants. The Jungle Drums on Twitter, if they are to believe, say that he is on his way to the Cardiff Devils. Um, 
Right. So let's let, have a look at those, Joe. I'll start with you. You know, your thoughts on those departures. Turnover, right? Turnover is always going to happen in the EIHL. Uh, we have, we've seen it. You know, you, you never retain uh, a majority team. I don't think there's always a significant turnover. I think it's maybe there's a there's a spotlight on it this year because of the success and because of the roller coaster of emotions. We feel particularly close to this squad, so it hurts to see it breaking up. Um, I don't want to put too much of a spin zone on this, but whenever I was down at the, the fan day in the arena just a couple of weeks back, I interviewed uh, the head coach after, and we were just chatting beforehand about, obviously, he had announced that night that Tyler Beskarwani and Darcy Murphy were off to pastures new. Um, I think you need to look at the other side of the coin here. You know, at, at our level, you've got to be realistic. Players are going to come here uh, yes, to finish their career, but they're also going to come to put themselves in the shop window. In fact, that's what Tyler Beskarwani stated whenever he signed. Um, and Darcy clear. Murphy... Yeah, and that's it. And Darcy Murphy, obviously, coming in as a young guy, he comes, he plays in the Friendship Four. He ends up in Belfast to turn pro, and now he's off into Europe. You can look at that as, what's the point? We're bringing these guys in. They're going to leave us. I hate to tell you, that's going to happen anyway. What we're doing with our uh, spectrum of recruiting tools and methods, and that's Steve Thornton and his contacts into Europe. It's Adam Keefe with his uh, contacts all over the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, his brother in Toronto, and uh, and obviously our, our involvement with the Friendship Four and, and all that kind of stuff. What we have now is a recruitment ecosystem that works. You've got these guys that are coming in and they know that they're going to be looked after and that they will have opportunities to move on and progress their careers, young guys. Um, because that's happening, it means that more is going to follow. It means that we could sign a Darcy Murphy, we could sign a Tyler Beskarwani, a Josh Roach, a, a whoever, Kyle Bond. It means that we have a system now that is tried and tested. That team absolutely swept the league and they were only together for the one year. So what's not to say with those same tools at our disposal disposal that Robert Fitzpatrick, Steve Thornton, Adam Keefe, the trust, the, the, the organization, what's not to say they can't go and do that again? It's sad to lose the guys that we've lost. You can't say much more about Colin Shields than we've already said. Um, and in fact, he's currently in Poland having his teeth fixed. So that's when you know a hockey player's done. He's away getting the veneers in uh, and looking very well. Uh, obviously, there's a bigger talking point on Blair Riley, and I'm sure we're going to expand on that. Well, let's go on to that. Says um, Blair Riley as captain does depart uh, following a, a spectacular season. Uh, not just a spectacular season, but a decent stint of the Belfast Giants. As I said, the Jungle Drums are pointing towards Cardiff. There's no confirmation of that. But be, be he go to Cardiff or be he go anywhere, he must go with a certain level of thanks from the Belfast Giants. Yeah, look, he's, he's a top lad. You know, he came in last year, Davey had mentioned already, picked up a knock, uh, concussion. Um, in training, uh, missed the first couple of weeks. We lost uh, four out of seven um, of those first games um, when he was he missed a couple, and then he, he you know it takes a bit of time to get back into into the swing of things. Um, he, he's he's done fantastic as a giant. Uh, I think I haven't got the stats because Davey's a stat man, um, but I think he's sixth overall. Um, as a as all time giant uh, for points, and you know for three and a half seasons, that's a, that's a pretty good record. However, he's a year older. Um, this you know we know he's had his, his issues with different parts of his body. We know he's he's got picked up a concussion. Um, and wherever he goes to, whether it's Cardiff or whether it's anybody else, you know would be land of wishing the best of luck. 
Uh, we thank him for his service, absolutely. And I've, I've already told him I'm going to rip a piss out of him in the podcast this year anyway <laughs> uh, on the webcast. And he's, I mean, he, he said he, he doesn't expect anything else. Um, but, you know, he, he's been absolutely phenomenal for us for the last couple of years. Uh, right back at the start of last season, I remember there's quite a number of fans uh, were saying that he's done um, and that he, you know, he was, he was absolutely useless and we need to get rid of him and change it up. Um, and I laughed at them then. I'm going to laugh at them now. Uh, he's a top, top player. Um, but as I say, we, we've moved on. He's no longer here. He's no longer the captain. Um, and uh, we do thank him for his service, but we certainly don't wish him well uh, wherever he ends up. I, he, he, he was very kind to us here in the View from the Bridge, and uh, we have received messages that he will pop on at some point if uh, and let us know he's getting on. Davey, you know, we've talked about Shez, John. Josh Roach was a bit of an Iron Man. Did he play every game we had last season? Yeah, there was a few. Um, let me just see. It was actually a question that says wrote into that charity quiz the other week. Well, I think I think it's like from, from there was yeah, there was him, John. Or John missed a, only missed a couple of great towards the end of the season. Uh, Leonard, um, Kendall McFall, um, and there was two others. David will be able to tell you. No pressure, mate. I'm not going to tell you. That's for. <laughs> If you wanna, if you wanna find out, um, I'll tweet it later. Tune in next um, week. Tune in next week. I do, I do have it in front of me, but like I'll, I'll mark up. I'll save it for later. Um, absolutely. Like, what is their question? <laughs> well, no, the question? Well, the, the question, more or less, as I was leading to, is the fact that the likes of Rochi goes on having played his first full pro season, an eighty-one game season, having played no more than maybe twenty-five, thirty games in the previous season and now he takes that step up into the EBL. Tyler Beskarowani as as Joel said was very clear at the start of the season he wanted to make a step up, he had to prove himself he proved himself. Darcy Murphy you know, 50 goals in a season he, he better, he's better with all due respect to everybody he has showed himself to be better than what the, the standard of the elite league is so he was going to take that step Bonner, fair play to him a guy who'd come through the system in the AHL tried something new had a phenomenal season he takes that step up into Vienna the Giants, as, as Joel said Davey, ha- are having this sort of about term, a, a real recruitment we're going to have to go on a real recruitment drive but yeah. is it a real surprise? I'm just glad to see that the players that you know have came here and proven themselves have gone on to yeah. The better things, great. Um, in, in terms of, of higher standard of leagues or whatever, that you know, that players that are, are going to make a difference next year aren't still going to be in the elite league. Um, you know, they, they've moved away, and um, yep. you know, you thank them for coming. You wish them all the best. It's it's a shame that you couldn't get Darcy Murphy back both seasons. Let's let's be quite clear too. But Darcy started both seasons really really slowly, so to come off and have the two seasons that he ended up having. He's simply a phenomenal week. I just knows his way to get the puck in the back of that. Ably supported by his line mates. You know, you don't you don't score score fifty goals without having good line mates. And uh we were very fortunate throughout that season. But as you say, they've they've gone now. Yesterday's men, they're they're in the history books, they'll always be Belfast Giants. They've, they've written themselves in the high levels of our history up the up the scoring charts. But, you know, we thank them for coming and uh as, as Simon said, we wish them well because they'll be in, in leagues where they're not playing against us. But if anybody lines up against the Belfast Giant, as they've been told to their face, you know, expect that expect that'll not be banter either. 
<laughs> well, then let's yes. look at the roster as it's being built for the 2019-2020 Elite League and Champions Hockey League season. Um, names returning. Andrew Dixon returns. Stephen Murphy is there with him. Curtis Leonard comes back for his second season as a Belfast Giant, as does Paul Swindlehurst. Mark Garside, I think it's more or less a decade now, is that it, for, for Garce? Yeah. Yeah. Lewis Lewis Hook comes back for his second season, as does Jordan Smotherman. With regards to new names on that roster, Kieran Long joins from the Manchester Storm. Patrick Ronka, uh, a guy who you may have seen against us twice in the Continental Cup with GKS Katowice. Well, the Giants liked what they saw and they went out and got their man. He joins. And if you haven't heard the fantastic interview with Patrick Vronga, you can catch it on our SoundCloud account. Ben Lake was announced at the fan night and he joins from the Coventry Blaze and announced today stepping into the pipes in place of the departed Tyler Beskarowani. He's not dead, he's just left. The departed Tyler Beskarowani is the five former five flyers goalkeeper Shane Owen and Davey had a chance to chat with him earlier today they say if you can't beat them you sign them so I guess with that very much in mind it was a big Belfast welcome to Shane Owen thank you I'm uh, really excited to uh, get started Shane it's obviously not a new experience to you the elite league you've, you've spent a few seasons now and and uh in Fife, but, you know, big draw of the Champions Hockey League, Adam Keefe in Belfast as well. Tell us, tell us how the opportunities came about in Belfast. Uh, I spoke to Adam and we kind of were going back and forth and, yeah, we uh, came to an agreement. Obviously, like you said, Champions League has been a, a goal of mine ever since I moved to Europe and to play against the best and, and be the best I can be and obviously help Belfast uh, do as well as we can do and, uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, being in five for two seasons and playing against Belfast lots, I've I've seen the city, I've seen the fans, and a great organization. Great old school rink over there in Kirkcaldy. Really, really great fans. But they, you know, coming over to the Odyssey Arena just to let let you elevate maybe your your game and the and the level you're playing at just that little bit more. Yeah, it's always it's always great playing in front of six, seven, eight thousand fans every night. And that's that's why you want to play. I mean, love the game and. It's uh yeah, it's gonna be exciting, you know. And definitely starting off right with a bang playing in Champions League and have a hard good training camp and that's gonna uh I think set us up nicely for the season. And of course a fantastic coach over there and, and Todd Dudium and Fife, he's been a bit of an influence on you when you've been there. We were fortunate to have him over playing in a testimonial during the season and, and a fabulous gentleman apart from a, a fabulous hockey coach. Um you'll 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 only good things to say about your time in Fife. Yeah, definitely. I mean Fife was amazing to me and I'll cherish every every minute there and uh it was special to me it was great and yes Todd was an amazing amazing coach amazing human and everyone there the owners and the fans were great the the city was amazing I uh yeah I love Scotland but definitely looking forward to uh a change you know I think a change change was needed and I just want to up my game that little bit and I think moving to Belfast is going to allow me to do that and you come to an organisation, rightly or wrongly, where you know sort of success is almost demanded from a fan base. It's been a, a fan base. You're coming into our 20th season now. They know that if we've been, if anything, we've been spoiled with, for, for success. And obviously, coming in, we'll be defending champions, champions, or you know, challenge cup, defending champions for the last two seasons as well. So there's there'd be a lot of weight on your shoulders as well. Yeah, I guess you can say that. But to me, I'm just looking at it as going out and playing another hockey game. I mean, as long as I put the work in and 
I'm prepared to play, then I'm just going to go out there and have fun and give my team a chance to win every night and just, just save pucks and have fun doing it. And, and talking of having a bit of fun, obviously the off-season now, you're spending in Ontario back home there, a bit of good weather, and you're looking forward to getting a bit of rest and then slowly but surely getting back, getting the pads back on and uh, cranking up ready for August. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been doing a lot of yoga and hitting the gym and staying ready. I mean, uh, it's nice at the end of the season just to take uh, some time off there and let your body recover and rest after a long season of 70 games with no break. And Yeah, it's definitely long and grueling, but uh, yeah, it's nice to miss the game, take a month off or so after the season, miss the game a bit, and then come back eager and uh, ready to work. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, it's gonna it's it's gonna be difficult. Obviously, last season there were Belfast Giants eighty one games in the in the season plus a few exhibition games, and obviously this season will be something similar. Of course, one team dropping out of the league, so slightly fewer fewer games. But it's been a long season, and the season obviously drags on. This this is it. This is the season tonight finishes as well across the water. Bruins, St Louis got any team got any horse in that race? Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with St Louis. My uh, my best buddy there, Ryan O'Reilly, plays in St Louis, so I've been cheering for him i actually was fortunate enough to make it to some games in his playoff run i've been to six or seven games and it's been uh it's been an incredible run for them and i'm rooting for st louis well listen shane well, thank you for your time we look forward to uh greeting you in belfast and look forward to wishing you every success for the upcoming season thank you very much i'm really looking forward to my time in belfast and let's go giants thanks very much to shane Owen. let's start at that very point mr kitchen um Big skits to fill when Tyler Besker or Lani, but Shane Owen has proven himself to be one of the premier goaltenders in the Elite League. Yeah, top, top player. Um, was always impressed with him when he played against his wife. Uh, you know, he, he had two stints at five and he was away. He actually played with, with uh, Patrick Ronka in Katowice uh, the year before last. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a friendly face for, for uh, Patrick to come into as well. He, he's not the oldest guy, and I think he's, I think, uh, you know, I think he's 28, 29. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a lot of experience. Big, big body. Uh, controls the puck well. Controls rebounds well. I know that we were looking at him last year uh, before we picked Besco up. Um, and I, I think, from right, we were looking at him the year before as well. But uh, I think it's a brilliant uh, pickup by Adam and, and Steve. Uh, something to build on from the back end. And, and hopefully Murph comes in to the lineup fit and ready to go this year. Um, you know, he, he, he had a lot of injuries last year, and uh, and obviously he sort of disrupted his his uh, his game time, and and didn't get that many opportunities because Besco was playing so well. But you know, when you look at at, uh, at Shane, what how many games he's played for Fife over the last well this season on the year he was here before, you know, he's used to playing every single night. But being given a break at, in that position is a big big thing, and uh, hopefully. As I say, Murph can step up Lamarck whenever he needs to, and but I think it's a brilliant signing. Joe, it was only a couple of weeks ago that Tyler Beskarani was announced as, as as moving on from the Belfast Giants. When that happened, the pressure went on to the Giants, went on to Steve Thornton, went on to Adam Keith, because we all know what a what a what a big role that is with regards to building your team and getting that right goaltending and considering how well Tyler Beskarani played last season, you know, the, the pressure, the, the expectation is there. Is it met with this signing of Shane Owen? You know, you have to put it in context in that there aren't many pairs of skates in the EIHL that are harder to fill over the past year than Tyler Beskarani's. Um, and it's also looking back at Besko before he arrived in Belfast. Uh, there's a certain amount of unknown 
you know, on the part of the fan. We saw him for a while in Edinburgh, but there may as well have been a few traffic cones in front of him in Edinburgh with the best will in the world. You know, he faced a lot of rubber and obviously not saying that Fife were in the same sort of condition that the Capitals were before they sort of um, wind things up. But you have to put that in context. And, and I'm dipping into Twitter. It's a tweet from one of Davies' uh, statsmen, Stephen Thompson, saying that Owen was statistically the best netminder the Giants faced last season. We fired 319 shots against him, scoring 23 for a 9-3-1 save percentage. You know, and that's him in, in five. Please don't, please don't. I'm gonna get You're murdered. in so much trouble. <laughs> I'm gonna get murdered. I'm just all I'm doing is reading out it's internet. Those are not my stats, and I've given credit to the Belfast Giants stats team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but with with that said, you know, you put Oh my god, he's back. David David dipped out for a minute there and he's coming back now. You're for it. <laughs> All right, David, mate, you okay? What's that? Yeah, yeah, no, nothing, I think, nothing, I think nothing, somebody nothing tried happened. to take your mantle here, man. Nothing yeah. happened. <laughs> somebody throwing the stats about? I was just, uh, I was just reading from uh, from your Stephen Thompson's Twitter regarding Shane Owen's save percentage and how he was statistically the best netminder the Giants faced last year. Not my information, and I give you the due credit that you deserve, mate, okay? It's fine. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, here we go again. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, point being, you know, you put him in front of a of a Belfast Giants recruited defense with Curtis Leonard already at the helm. I think we've got a special sign in there. What do you think, Davy Sheehan? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. As I said at the start of the interview with him, if you can't beat them, sign them. <laughs> and um, you know, we've had trouble with Sheehan Owen over the the couple of seasons that he was in Fife. We matched up against him a whole lot of times. We've given him a couple of good beatings, but. He's a he's a goalie that very very hard to get that first goal past him, and um, I think he'll come in. And he'll do good things. His numbers suggest that he's still at the very very top of his game. He's a good age for a goaltender, still in his twenties, not over the nine hundreds. Nothing to be sniffed at there. So I expect him to come in ready to go in uh, in August, and he's uh, really really excited about the uh, the Champions Hockey League option. Or uh, you know the, the games that are coming up. You know that's been one of the his big thing was Adam Keefe. He, he, a couple of times I've been talking to him, he, he said on both occasions, Keith sold himself to Belfast Giants. You know, he was like, I, I want to play for Adam Keith. I, I, I just, I want to follow him. And, uh, you know, as far as, that, as, as far as that goes, you know, to have that sort of um, charismatic leader, if you like, that he can phone up guys who have played in this league and say to them, come and play for me. And he's like, didn't, didn't reference any other players that have played in Belfast. Didn't reference any teammates, former teammates or, or acquaintances. He signed for Belfast on the back of Adam Keefe's phone call. It's a testament to, to how well Kiefer's done in his first two seasons as a head coach. Sticking with you, Davey, we've given the uh, well, I'll give the the, the returning signs their due, but we've we talked about how special the team is, and they were part of that. With regards to the other three new names, and Kieran Long, Patrick Vronker, and Ben Lake, who what do you think of those? Who's the standout? <laughs> Just because I'm like in, in the Higgy camp of that's the kind of player. Like I thought Ronka was exceptional when the couple of times we saw him in, in the in the Continental Cup. You know, he, he has that sort of he can beat a player, he can drop a shoulder, he's quick, he's small, stick handles really, really well, but does it at high speed. And you know, the game drips down from the NHL. The NHL gets faster, the AHL gets faster, and all the leagues below get faster, and the AIHL has just becoming a faster league. And Steve Thornton, I think, coined it. I know it's not a Steve Thornton phrase, but, you know, said three, four, five, maybe seasons ago, speed kills. 
and we showed last season when we had our legs moving, we were a team that just couldn't be beaten. So Ronka's going to come in. He's got speed. He'll lead us up those lines. Ben Lake, obviously, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get goals from Kieran Wrong. He's going to come in there and try and get himself up into that top six if he can. Um, he'll want to go to the Worlds next year. You know, so he's got a year to prove himself again. Pretty unfortunate not getting into that GB squad this year, just with the injury, just taking a training camp. But unfortunately for him, you know, people who'd been there before sort of were just a little bit higher up the pecking order for, for Pete Russell. And unfortunately, he missed out. So he'll be looking to prove and, and Smo gets it. You know, I'm sure you've already said that, mm-hmm. you know, even with his little comeback video. He's, <laughs> he's came in, he's a, a little bit of a cult figure. Would it be fair to say that? You know, within the fan base, for me, Mark Garside, you know, number seven. I think he's, you know, 10th year at the club, testimonial year. I don't know in terms of uh, most people when they get 10 years at a club, it was always like a testimonial time. So don't know what will happen there, whether that's been announced, whether it's going to be announced. Well, like, I'm really happy to see Gary back in the fold. And, you know, it's shaping up nicely. We're obviously going to have a huge turnover of players, which kind of, negates kind of we're defending the title the club the Belfast Giants are defending the title but you know unfortunately a lot of the players that won the league won't be here to defend that title but we go again that's the nature of the beast in the in the elite league Simon I found it interesting that you look at those new players Shane Owen arguably the best player in the five flowers Ben Lake certainly the best player that the Coventry Blaze had last season Kieran Long one of the best British players in the league I think he was awarded actually best British player in the league last season and Patrick Ronker was. was probably the best player for Katowice that we saw in in the Continental Cup so the Giants are aiming high and picking up the talent Yeah I think uh uh, Ronka, actually, I'm being told it's Franca. Um, but uh, when I was speaking to Daniel, uh, the Polish interpreter for us in the last interviews, it's Patrick Brilliant. Franca. Um, so, but, but when Patrick was in the World Championships with Poland, he also picked up the best Polish player as well. So, you know, I'm really looking forward. I, I think Davies, you know, uh, characterized him very, very well. You know, he's got speed to burn, very, very skillful. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Kieran Long coming out. Point of game player in the Elite League. Uh, is top top notch. Um, top British point score last year. Top British player last year. Big big body. Um, you know we like. You know he likes a bit of a nudge every well as well as seventy six uh, penalty minutes last year with that big hit that he threw on uh, on Friday. Um, and obviously you know um, he, he's he's not afraid to just get into the rough stuff as well. But uh, I'm really says, really. Says, can I can I jump across just to yeah. ask you ask you a question, Kieran? Do you see him slotting up immediately in the other top six, or do you see him coming in and, and trying to work his way into that? Well, you've got to you've got to earn your ice time, David. He looked right, right up and down the lineup. I know Adams talking about bringing in an extra import this year again to start with. Um, so you know, but British players they, they they get the opportunity to play every single game. Um, he's going to have to earn his ice time the same as everybody else. Uh, but yeah, I, but I, in, to in be honest, of, you know, I'm sure there's a dry whiteboard somewhere with our. Our kind, of, kind of projections. Yeah, would you see him projected as a top six or, or bottom six? I, I would say he could be in the third line. Yeah, from looking at the names and, and listening to Adam and Steve of uh, of the signings that are being targeted, I would say. And if it, if it's the two guys that that Adam and Steve have mentioned to me about going alongside him, that's going to be some third line. I guess um, what I'm I guess what I'm trying to temper there is people's expectations that he'll come in here and be a point-of-game player again this season because he'll maybe not get just quite as much ice time as he was getting in Manchester. Manchester you know, yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's a very I, I, don't point. Them, I don't want them to have 10 points at Christmas and people go complete bust. He might be playing absolutely outstanding, but on you know, third he, nine, getting 12 minutes. Well, again, he was on the power play last year for, for Manchester. Uh, he was playing a lot of minutes, but again, you know, when you've got lineup, if we if we end up with the same sort of uh, characters we had last year, we're looking for good people coming in, not just good players. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's teams around there all saying absolutely anybody and and, uh, you know, don't really give a toss about who comes into their dressing room. We do. Um, from all the reports coming in about him, he's top, top notch. So that's important. Um, but again, I think he's got the capabilities of playing a top six. Yeah, Absolutely. Agreed, agreed. Um, you know, he's a big body, as I say. He skates very, very well for a big lad. Um, and as I say, he's, you know, we, we talked about it last year, about all these British players wanting the opportunity to play for Team GB in the one year that they were going to have in the top, top uh, echelons of, of world hockey. They've got it again next year. So he will want to be in that lineup next year. Um, I've absolutely no doubt about that. And and let's hope he comes in with with uh, the, the the numbers that he has uh, shown. And he certainly has the potential to do it. He spent long enough in the, uh, the is it the EPIHL? I can't remember the yeah. the. the, the uh, the, the works for yeah, so you know, he spent long enough down there serving his time, if you want to put it that way, and he stepped up the last two years in Manchester, done a great job. But I was just about to touch on uh, Ben Lake. I think this kid's got it. I really think this kid could be really uh, a top top player for us. Um, you know, he's he's second. Uh, I, I have to double check, but I think he was second in points in the league last year, right back. Uh, he led. Uh, he had over 100 minutes in penalties as well. Yeah. Um, you know, 70-something, 70 77 points, I think. I'll have to have a look at it. But 77 points, 103 minutes in penalties. Um, you know, he knows what the net is. He was second in goals last year after Darcy Murphy again, uh, right the whole way throughout the league. This kid has got it. He's not afraid to drop the gloves. Um, you know, he's not the biggest guy on the planet, but he can skate. He's skillful. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to getting him into a Belfast Giants lineup. And of course, he scored the empty net goal that solidified the Belfast Giants Elite League Championship in the victory. You should give him a medal, to be honest. <laughs> over the, over the card at Delft. Joel, he just probably, last He probably got something, says. I'm sure he got something. <laughs> um, uh, Mal, he doesn't now make sure he does. The, uh, Joel, just, just to round off our chat on this roster, one of the names that, points that jumps out as well is like Curtis Leonard coming back. Um, quietly went about his business and had a phenomenal season. Curtis Leonard is, uh, is like a young Jim Vandermeer. Just in his size and and uh, the way he carries himself, his positional awareness, and and also to be honest, um, I sort of I have two names circled as the key offensive and key defensive signing for me so far in everything, not just on ice production, just as as a, as the entire package of a Belfast Giant. And Curtis Leonard is the key defensive signing for me this year. He goes about his business. He comes to work every day with a huge smile on his face. He's relentlessly positive. Guys like being around him. You could see that he was kind of soaking up information from the, the older guys that were in the dressing room last year. And I think that he can fill into that sort of um, reliable. Uh, Rolls Royce for to use as his term, sort of defenseman uh, in, in the same kind of mold as Jim Vandermeer. I'm not saying he's going to be better than Jim Vandermeer, who obviously served his time in the show, um, but I think he's a massive signing and, and, and the linchpin of our defense. Uh, the flip side to that, totally agree on Ben Lake. Uh, you know, I think he's still yet to hit his prime. He's still in his late 20s. Um, he came from the coast into the EIHL and his numbers just rocketed. Proven point scorer at this level. I'm really excited about that. But for me, I'm going to get back on my. Uh, 
<laughs> I was going to say back on my bullshit there. Sorry, there's my first bleep of the season. But um, Jordan Smotherman is the key offensive signing for me. Not only that, I think he's the man that this team is going to be built around. Um, not only for his ability on ice, but for the fact that he gets it in the same way that Adam Keith got it when he first landed here. Um, he understands what this club means to the city. He knows what to do and what to say. He knows how to be a Belfast Giant. And, he, and that just makes people love him. If he doesn't end up wearing the C this year, he is captain material down the line and I would not be at all surprised if he finishes his playing career in two did you convert him to a Spurs fan says yeah it was easy man <laughs> it was easy we took him to the uh, the quarter final second leg at the Etihad and, and massive massive thanks to uh, formerly from this Paris Lee Russell for looking after us that night um, but uh, we took him to that night here that's all that's like um, terrible <laughs> would be, uh, I'm not gonna I, I didn't even say that you but <laughs> oh, man, anyway, yes, he's a Spurs man. You're a d- um, he's a Spurs man, so I'm happy enough. He loves it. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that was a good game for him to go to, considering the. Um, it was an unbelievable game, actually. That was that, was that was the that was the VAR ruling out of uh, Raheem Sterling's goal, wasn't it? Loved it, absolutely brilliant, top man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that went well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're actually there. so no doubt that the, the Belfast Giants roster is going to build and build over the next number of weeks leading up to what is going to be. Oh, it's the Champions Hockey League, so I get to play this. Um, we're going to chat about the Champions Hockey League. Uh, the, the draw was made during the World Championships out in uh, in Bratislava. Uh, the Belfast Giants were, well, of course, is, as I don't know, as, uh, as Joel mentioned earlier on. The, I think Joel mentioned earlier on that the Belfast Giants actually qualified twice for the Champions Hockey League, uh, but apparently one of those has to go benevolently to the Cardiff Devils. Eh, so be it. Um, that's nice. That's nice. That's of nice of us. I think you know, having yeah, qualified that's, that's twice, cute. it has to go to somebody, I suppose. Um, Giants were pulled out in Group C yeah. uh, up against Lulea Hockey of Sweden, Librak of the Czech Republic or Czechia, if you want to call it that, and the Osberger Panthers of the DEL. With regards to when those games will take place, well, the first game's on the 29th of August at home to Librak before facing the Panthers, the Osberger Panthers, on the 31st of August at the SSE Arena. The first away game is in the Czech Republic against Librak on Thursday, the 5th of September. And then people probably might be trains, planes and automobiles to get to the south of Germany to face the Iceberger Panthers away on the 8th of September. Uh, the final two games are both against the Lea. First at home on the 8th of October and then the following Tuesday all the way in the north of Sweden to face them at their place on the 15th of October. Um, it's difficult to say, you know, hard group, you know, blah blah blah. It's the Champions Hockey League, Davy. You know, I know your your opinions on the Champions Hockey League and and the fact the Belfast Giants and how they are going to battle and what chances they have in it. Regardless of that, or if you want to add that in, by all means, <clears throat> there there is a an exciting prospect for a bit of European travel. Absolutely, and I'm not going to do a, a one eighty on it or anything. And say that I'm any more high on it than I was, but I'll be at the games like. Um, I see it as a challenging preseason for us. It, 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 has, it has positives and negatives in, in, in that it's six games in a short period of time against some top opposition. And yes, it's obviously helping us with our recruitment. People want to come and play in it. Um, 
I think it's uh, it's a better competition now than it was how many years is it going now? Five, six years, maybe? Five, I think. Um, I, I think people are coming around to it, maybe even myself. At the very start, um, we, we, we are maybe getting to a point where, you know, for us, for us to compete, we're going to have to be four lines deep, and I don't know that we will be come the middle of August, and, you know, that's going to be difficult as well. It's um, still for me, and it's just a personal opinion, it's a bit of a glorified pre-season run for us. I hope we do well because I'm, I'm passionate about my club and I don't ever want to see us beat it. We'd like to see us win the Champions Hockey League. That's not going to happen. But you know what I mean? You, I want to go in and win every game. I want to win every face-off. I want to you know, I want to win every period of play. But we go in and we'll we'll do our very best. We'll try and put Belfast as a city and uh, as a fan base on the map as much as as the uh, the club itself. And uh, we, you know, we'll get good kudos from around Europe. And, and if it helps us recruit, you know, better for, for our domestic trials. Well, then, so be it. I, I would have liked to have defended had we won the, the, the Continental Cup. I think that's the level that we can actually compete. And for me, it's about winning as well. You know, maybe that sounds a bit, you know, parochial and that, you know, you've got to go out there and test yourself against the very best. But, you know, I, I also would like to be in a tournament that, you know, we could get the highs of, of the, cha- the, cha- the the Continental Cup final <clears throat> again. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I'll, I'll give it that. I think it'll be fun, but I, I don't expect to get too much more out of it than hopefully get the, the legs on theirs for a good league challenge. Simon? Absolutely agree. Um, 100% actually. Uh, I mean, I'm, I've booked the trip to go to Germany uh, for the Augsburgers game. Um, uh, September's a busy month for me, work-wise, so I uh, just can't commit to getting out to uh, Czech Republic first of all and then coming back, but looking forward to, to watching our team and the and the CHL, um, you know, it's a it's a big opportunity for us to to you know the, for the for the players as well. It, 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 that should be an easy sell to a lot of players um, coming in to, to play at that level and, and have the opportunity to be seen by play teams that, that play. Let's be honest, at a much higher level, you know, the, the Swedish team that how do you say is it Lule? Lule, Lule. Well, um, was a Swedish you know, girl at work who told me about. She didn't say Lule. She said Lule. Lulia. Well, from what I was speaking to Thorts um, uh, on tail end last week, and he was telling me that they've just signed two of the centres that played for Team Finland no in the World Championships. So they've just signed World Championship two, Team Finland. Yeah, the World Championship winning Team Finland. They've just signed two centres that played, I think, third and the fourth line. Um for Team Finland, and you know, that's what you're up against. You're up against some of the best players in the world. Um, so, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how we fare. Um, I would love to get a win. You know, we, we've got a... Uh, when, when you look at the first two games um, against the Czech team and the Germans, you know, they're coming in here. Uh, we've got an opportunity to get a, a, you know... Look, everybody loves an underdog. Let's be honest. We're going to be the underdogs of this group. Um, Northern Ireland have been the underdogs and they're sitting top of the yeah, Euro table with 12 points after four games it can happen, we can win um, a game, we'll just try hopefully get a good pre-season under our belt let's get the rest of the boys signed up and uh, give it our best shot I've absolutely no doubt Adam will have the boys ready and ready to go Joe Yeah look, obviously our bread and butter is uh, playoffs the challenge cup every single year that's what we want you know i we, i don't need to to contextualize how much this club means to to the the boys on the show here um but 
to look at the bigger picture, sports clubs are in the business of entertainment. Um, and if an opportunity like this comes around to, to give to your fan base, uh, to contribute to how your team or your club is uh, viewed in European stages, world stages, uh, it's an opportunity that you have to take. Uh, I, I'm happy that we're in it. Uh, you know, Team GB went off and played at the highest level of, of global hockey there uh, for the World Championships. The fans that went out there were under no illusion that they were not going to win anything. Um, but if by some miracle they may stay up and, and look what happened, um, as, as Sis has already said, you know, and even to bring it down to the way I grew up, you know, I, I grew up watching Irish League football and that was always like the pipe dream to get some fantastic, even Intertoto Cup uh, away draw to be able to go and see that. Um, fantastic spectacle for the fan base, a, a lovely reward for the club as a whole to look back on such a, a successful season. Uh, my only concern obviously is that it will impact on the defense of the elite league title um but you know the elite league title's there every single year for as long as our club exists and as much as i want to win it every year if an opportunity like this comes along we take it and i'm happy that we're taking it uh, under no uh, illusion about the opposition lilia and sweden i mean of the five CHL tournaments that have happened across the last five years, four winners have been Swedish. Frölunda have taken three, and the Lea were actually the first winners. Um, so, I mean, that's Sweden alone, and, and Czech hockey and German hockey has, I think, probably a higher profile in the UK in terms of its quality and stuff. You know, that even the, the more lay fan would know that German hockey is a very high level. You know, we are up against titans of European hockey here, but I'm not going to say I fancy your chances, but I'm looking forward to sticking it to them. I have to agree with that. There's some really good points made all the way around the around the horner. I think that it, it, I'm like you, David. I, I can't change my mind about the Champions Hockey League. About it, it, I'm sure it's an exciting competition to be part of, and I'm sure when the games take place, it'll be like, oh wow, we're, we're playing such a high standard. But it, it's 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 the level of competition going in, and I'm looking at these games and they're fab. I think that, you know, I, I'm going to try to... The Iceberg game is a difficult one because I want to do... It's the same day as the Great North Run and I want to do the Great North Run. But the, um, I might go to the Czech one and if I don't, I actually might chance my arm and go into Sweden. But there's a lot happening in this household in the next couple of weeks so that <laughs> things like that might change. Um, you know, it will be interesting to see how we build up to it, what sort of roster we put together, what sort of what sort of fight we're going to do in this Champions Hockey League. A great experience for the club. We were invited to be part of the first one. Uh, we were, we sorry, we'd qualified for the very first Champions Hockey League. We decided not to take part in it, and the Northern Panthers did in the end. So this is us coming back and t- and taking our, rightfully taking our place in a competition that we qualified for twice. Um, did I mention that? Uh, <laughs> regards to the, the, the pre-season building up to it, the Giants have announced uh, four games against two high-level organizations. More IK of Sweden, and they'll play them at the SSE Arena on the 17th and 18th of August. And then the Herning Blue Fox of, uh, of Denmark, and they'll be playing on the 23rd and the 24th of August, a game before Liberec start our Champions Hockey League adventure on the Thursday night at the SSE Arena on the 29th. Um, no doubt these are topics that we will return to in forthcoming shows. So one of the last things I want to cover before we wrap these things up is it'd be amiss of us not to mention Team GB and what took place soon after, or only a few weeks ago, it feels like. Um, they were up against it. They were up against Canada, Finland, who became the world champions, Germany, United States, Slovakia, Denmark, and France. And despite a tournament fraught with difficulty, and let's be fair, some really hefty scorelines, uh, it was a come from behind 4-3 
overtime victory over France in the final group, the game that meant that GB survived to compete in the 2020 World Championships next year out in Switzerland. They are in Group A, which will take place in Lausanne. And once again, they'll be up against Canada. This time, they'll also face Sweden, Czech Republic. They'll face Germany and Slovakia again, and they'll face Denmark again. And they'll also face Belarus, who have been promoted to that group. Belarus are also a team, unfortunately for GB, that can't be relegated from Group A because they are the hosts of the 2021 tournament. Um, Simon, I'll start with you because you made the trip out there. You were you, you enjoyed one of the games out there. Um, it was a good experience for GB, good experience for those players. It had its high points, it had its low points, but, um, but all in all, are you going to be booking on the next year's trip? If I can afford it, yes, it's a Switzerland, um, and it's not going to be cheap. It's really not going to be cheap. But look, we we, we took the uh, uh, the cheap way of doing it this time. Sort of booked at the last minute, uh, managed to get a couple of tickets. Thanks to Adam Keith, appreciate that. Um, you know, we flew into uh, Poland and then drove down. And I'm not I'm not saying where we flew into. Do we? <laughs> you just give me an English lesson again, you. Eat. Um, but uh, we flew into Poland, then drove down to Kazicha. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when we were, were walking around the bars um, in, uh, in Kazicha, just close to the arena itself, and they every everywhere had the match on, everywhere had the hockey on. I was speaking to Taff about it last night, and he says, even when they weren't at the arena, every bar, every cafe, every restaurant all had the hockey on. Um, it was a big, big deal, you know. Uh, Kazicha was a you know, it certainly wasn't a, a modern city, if you want to put it that way. The arena, I don't know how long the arena is. It's very um, odd the way it's been put together. But, you know, they, they had it right down to a tee. Um, but back, talking about the game itself, Paddy, was, was just absolutely unreal. Which game Three were you at? Down. The France What's one? That? You were at the France yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, I went to the last game. I went to the France one. Um, uh, 3-0 down uh, in the second period. Uh, Peter Russell called a timeout, um, and I just felt that you know if we can get a goal before the end of the period, then we've got a chance. We managed to get two, uh, but to be honest, it just looked like France took the, just stopped playing. Yeah, so you know, France dominated the, the early stages of the game. Um, you know they had, they had a couple of really good players, really really good players. Um, their top line was excellent, and, but they just stopped playing. They stopped skating. They stopped moving the puck. The, the uh, GB just gets stuck into them, and um, you know that timeout was absolutely crucial. They got one, then they got another before the end of the second period. They come back and tied it up at three three, and you just knew that GB were going to go on and win it. Um, and it, I thought it was, I thought throughout the whole game, and I, I watched a lot of of the the games on um, on free sports when I got the opportunity leading up before we went away. But I thought Ben Davies was excellent. Every game you watched, I thought Ben Davies was brilliant, and. This is going to, you know, put the the uh, cat amongst the pigeons. But I thought the player of the tournament for Team GB, if you take Bounds out of the equation, because he played very, very well, but I thought David Phillips was outstanding. Second that. Second that. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. He was getting ripped, uh, you know, coming down the, the stretch. And yes, he, I think he was. No, I don't say I don't remember ripping into <laughs> David Phillips. You know, this show. <laughs> remember, you know, he, 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 he picked up. Did they pick up? A, wasn't a broken wrist? Yeah, I think exactly. he broke his wrist around about January time. So he was, you know, he's up against it, trying to get prepared and get ready for the tournament itself. And and yes, he's an ex giant. He's obviously wearing the uh, the Sheffield Steelers colours now. Um, but he was absolutely brilliant. And in that game, 
I thought Davy Phillips was outstanding. Uh, great to see Ben Davies get the goal. Really hard work by Jonathan Phillips. You know, that three on three. Uh, you know, I think we had uh, four sets of three on three, uh, four lines that, that that Peter Russell had put together, which is that could be a big thing as well. They worked their tail off, um, and Ben Davies with a great finish. And, and you know, nobody gave him a chance, I, I, myself included. I didn't think it was going to stay up. I genuinely didn't. Um, but uh, fantastic for him to stay up. Fantastic get another year. As you say, Paddy, it's going to be very, very tough next year. You know, Denmark gave him a spanking uh, this past year. But you look at Denmark's lineup, it's littered with, with quality, quality players. They all play in Finland and Sweden. And, and uh, you never know, they might even, I mean, Lars Eller came in to play one game against us as well. So they only flew him in for that game and flew him back out again. So top, top uh, effort by the Team GB lads. And, and uh, congratulations to stay up next year. Fantastic effort. One of the things, Davey, from the tournament, of course, you know, Sis has mentioned that the likes of the, 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 the Denmark result and, and some of the real tough games. But the game against, I'll pick it like the game against Germany and the game against the United States. Both games were maybe, especially the game against the United States, where you thought, you know, there's no hope here. And you know what? Decent account of themselves. They did okay through, through periods of, of the games. Obviously, Ben Bides made a lot of saves, faced a lot of rubber. Um, he, he got a little bit of time off and brought Jackson Whistle in for, for bits and pieces. But I think, if they're being realistic, they would have sat down at the start and, and imagined it would, was going to be a one-game shootout. Mm-hmm. They, they would have imagined that France had a few players missing and that they, they were going to struggle and it was going to come down to you know the last game and that is how it panned out. And unfortunately for GB, they were able to, to come away three on three over time, wasn't it? I think they still still have to call it that, though. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, you know they come up with a, a really good play there. It's it's a bit of a lottery that three on three overtime. You know, you, you if you control the puck, you get the chances. But you know, as it turns out, you turn it over and you're you're giving up odd man rushes. And it was a it was a fabulous finish. Davies had a couple of great. Was it against Canada? He, he jumped out of yeah. the penalty box and scored as well. Um, you know, so he, he put a couple of really really nice finishes away. Put himself on the. On the international map, there are things that he'll look back on for the rest of his life, not just his career. You know, as a great experience, as you've said, it's going to be very, very difficult to repeat next year. Um, but that's that's for something for them to look forward to. You know, way way down the line, there'll be Olympic qualifications as well. It just it elevates GB hockey up. It, it has people throughout Europe then looking and going. Maybe we'll we'll check that league out when we're when you know what do you call them. Agents will be looking at the EIHL even more now for, you know, can I get my players put there because they're obviously doing well. So, you know, it, it was, it would have been nice for the guys to maybe get more than more than one win, but you've got to be realistic. They were playing at a level, you know, they're playing against Patrick Keynes. They're playing against, just I was quickly flicking through that Lulea roster there. It's frightening, you know, and, and these are guys. That Finland team was, I think Finland deserved the goal. In terms of of what I seen in the tournament, didn't see all the games obviously, but what I watched against GB, I thought Finland were the best team that GB played, and I think that uh, I watched a good bit of the final. I thought that the, the thoroughly deserved their gold medal, and uh, as, as Simon said, a couple of them now are going to be facing the Belfast Giants this coming season. So it was a good, it was a good tournament for GB. It was a long season for the guys when you think that some of them. Cardiff Devils players would have came in early August getting ready for the Champions League. Our own guys in late August, 81 regular season games, 
compilate exhibitions and then come on how, how, how many many games did they end up playing Simon you, you know about 10 or 12 maybe for GB postseason as well yeah so you know the, the guts of a hundred games for guys that are maybe you know some of them getting between 10 and 20 grand Patrick Kane's getting that in a you know a half day you know it's, it's <laughs> the, the disparity in terms of how those guys are even treated. I hit UK, we've treated the guys well, but you imagine, like, you know, Team Canada, Team USNL, you know, they've got a floor to themselves, their, their own travelling chefs and all that kind of thing. You know, it's just a different level that those guys exist at. And we competed with them and we stayed with them and we're in against them again next year. So you just got to say kudos to the whole operation there. And, uh, We'll, we'll hopefully get chatting to a few of the boys that were, were in Kasiche and uh, maybe get a few interviews over the course of the, of the summer on, on what went on. Before I come to you, Joe, from my own point of view, like obviously, you know, let's take the Team GB side out of it. It's me that's talking here. The, but the tournament, <laughs> the, the, the tournament as a whole is something I actually got more caught up in than I expected to. Um, I think it actually was part to do with um, the coverage that was got from like some Murph and Paul yeah. and Paul Eddie. Thought uh, top notch as it always is. Um, oddly, the, the, the IHF app. I thought was excellent. I don't know if any of you used it, but in regards to... I did, Patrick. I thought it was brilliant with regards to the goals in every game, the stats yep. in every game, the build of And also, um, the, the, somebody's muscling in on our turf here with, with yeah. James Richardson and the, uh, and the, the Totally uh, Hockey podcast that was done from the, from the Money Needs Media guys, which I also thought was brilliant day in day out with some some great insight from the journalists and, and, and interviews and stuff like that which actually built a whole a whole media thing around that that tournament that allowed people to get into it not just from team gb's group but the way that russia played and then the stories that are going to do with uh Capicano and and, and what you call you guys jack hughes yeah, how, good, how good is that kid, Capo Caco? Unbelievably good. Unbelievably. <laughs> I think he, coming into this tournament, people were talking about Hughes being the number one pick, and that got blown out of the water with the way that, 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 that Caco played. I thought some of the stories, like the, the disappointment for Slovakia, who, who lost late goals time and time again, I thought the tournament as a whole was excellent to watch. And, and, and you had that added story, Joel, of Team GB. Yeah, perfect summary by you boys about the, the on-ice action. I really have three quick takes about the Worlds this year. One, Aaron Murphy's call on Ben Davies' OT winner is one of the best, sorry, says, one of the best pieces of sports commentary I've ever heard. It's, I'm sure I'm sure the great yes, Simon Kitchen. Yes, I'm sure the great Simon Kitchen will agree that Aaron Murphy's soul left his body when that goal went in. It was fantastic. I never heard it. <laughs> Did you know? Well, okay, it's going on the Twitter for the show coming out tomorrow. It's phenomenal. Uh, two, Davy Phillips, I have to back says up on this. Uh, that entire domestic season, Davy Phillips was the running joke. He was the name that you dropped in order to sort of. Uh, lay out just how absurd it was that Team GB and guys from the EIHL were going to be tangling with the greatest in the world. He went into that tournament and he feared absolutely nobody. He stuck it right down their throats. He lit Peter Vallier up in that France game and that, that hit went around the world. Spitting Chicklets had it out. All the all the outlets were like, who is this guy? And he has just murdered a man. Always and knew he'd play well. Always knew he would. <laughs> yeah, never in doubt. You'll, you'll not hear any detraction on this show. No, not um, and, and finally, just a, a quick one on the on obviously Colin Shields missing the Canada game. Uh, not not for me to to tell Peter Russell how to do his job, 
that's not what I want to talk about. The thing is, the Giants fan base's reaction to Colin Shields being benched, it was passionate, it was angry, and I absolutely loved it. The, the fan base came out and stood up for our guy, and I would do it again tomorrow. I still think personally that he should have played. That's just my opinion. But how easy was it for the rest of hockey Twitter to jump down Giants fans' throats for their stupid likes and their internet karma and at the same time pretend like their reaction wouldn't have been exactly the same? And if their reaction wouldn't have been exactly the same, I question their passion and their love for their club. Uh, when, when Josh Bash got ditched from the GB setup, they were the Cardiff all over it. When Kieran Long got not got cut from the Team GB, the Manchester fans were all over it. It's just what you do. You stand up for your own guy. That's it. Mm. That's it. With, with, with the greatest respect to Bachi and Kieran, I think someone who has played for Team GB for, for 20 years mm-hmm. and in his swan song season, right, we, we discussed this with says if they didn't think he was good enough to play against Canada or they thought it was a sentimental thing, maybe they shouldn't have taken him at all. But if they take him there, Mm-hmm. Play him, and they've, him had, moment. they've had one game against Germany where, let's be honest, they've probably exceeded expectations. They kind of scapegoat one guy and say, We're going to change him. Um, I think it was very, very it, it, no, it wasn't harsh, it was the wrong decision. Yeah. Um, I'm not just backing my buddy up, Shed should have played against Canada, and I'll, I'll, I'll stick by that to say that you know, those guys live, you know, coaches live and by, by live and die by their decision, but. You know, for me, that was a bad one. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. But, it is. Oh, you're 100% right, mate. Absolutely right. Right, on that, I think we'll wrap it up. Team GB, obviously, as I say, will go up against the world's best next May in Switzerland. Um, I'm going to start with any other business. Davey, I was going to go to you uh, with regards to this raffle, but I think you're all sold out, eh? Well, yes, I, I, with regards to the raffle, I would have to say a massive thank you to the Belfast Giants fans that have have went and bought tickets. First of all, when I put up a couple of weeks ago, for anybody that doesn't know, my wee girl Ruby is getting her cut tomorrow week. For She's, she's giving her hair to a charity called the Little Princess Trust, which make wigs for, for kids that have are suffering from cancer, have lost their hair, cancer and other illnesses. So she's been growing her hair since she was from she was born. She's never had a cut really apart from wee trim. So she's given like a foot of her up. Um, and on the back of that, Lily's school teacher, his nephew was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. So we said as a class, we'll be trying to raise some money for him. So we said we'd go for cystic fibrosis. So when I put her just giving page up, a lot of Belfast Giants fans jumped on that and had already donated before I put the season ticket thing up. But we have sold over 200 tickets. I know I said it would cap it at 200, but people were still sending money during the night. So when I woke up the next morning, there's like 206 or 207 tickets, something like that. £5 ahead, do the sums. The club have sold me the season ticket at a good price. So we're making a lot of money for charity. I think we're over £2,000 at the minute. I can't thank you on behalf of Ruby, on behalf of the charity, can't thank you enough. It's fantastic that over the years we've been able to do like the bike ride party, like um, different bits and pieces. I like to try and do something at least once a season. Mm-hmm. And the NAVFTB followers, the Belfast Giants fans, always dip their hands in their pockets. It's only, I'm, I'm never going to count it up, but the money that we've been able to raise over the last three, four, five years, three of you from the bridge, helps people. The children's hospice, cystic fibrosis, whatever else we've done. I can't thank you enough. So, again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Here, here, sir. Here, here. Um, absolutely. Any other business, gents? And, and well done, Ruby. Yes. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, just, on, 
on, on, a, on, a, on a much less uh, kind of lovely note, by the time the show drops, we'll know who the Stanley Cup winner is. So congratulations to the Blues or Bruins. Delete well, that, as appropriate. I've, well, I've written this down here. I'm going to ask you. People will know by the time this goes out. But what's your call, Joe? <laughs> you know what my call oh, is, well, You're a big Boston yeah. guy. Okay, Let's then. go, Bees. Uh, it says Boston or St. Louis. <sighs> Honestly, I... I I have a funny feeling it's going to be the Blues. Ooh. I'd like to see spanked, it. They get spanked in the last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, game six. And, and uh, they've won they've won twice in Boston um, in the in the finals. And I think they can make a hat trick tonight. And, you know, the, the, obviously, you know, uh, I think Grizzlies back for the Bruins. Um, Zdeno Chara playing with a broken jaw that's an absolute legend unreal um, you know but again it, it putting that fishbowl on is tough it is so so tough um, and you just can't when you're used to not he, he doesn't even wear a quarter visor so mm-hmm. you know he, he doesn't even wear a face mask at all so when you, you're putting something in your way and your your peripheral vision is affected that is so so tough and you've seen it in, in game five game six that and the puck stuck in his feet. I mean, a guy's six foot nine with his skates uh, off for God's sake, and he's trying to look down. He can't see the bloody puck, so it's it's going to be tough for them. But I've just got a feeling the Blues are going to do it. Davey? First of all, if uh, Mister Chara had been wearing a cage, he... that's you know, yeah. we'll save that for another another show. Um, <laughs> Shut that can of worms right now. Yeah. Um, it's in Boston, is it? Yeah. Because yep. you know, you know me, Paddy. I'm a wing. Yep. Stop. Whenever the whenever the Red Wings couldn't qualify for the the playoffs, I stopped watching the NHL. Second yep. of October last year. I was going to say um, <laughs> <laughs> it was eighty two games. Um, but uh, hey, we'll be back. We'll be back. You know, Stevie Wise back in hockey time, and we'll be Absolutely. okay. Absolutely, that's, I think a, that's if, the big um, story. That's the big that's story. The big story. Yeah, I think if uh, the Blues have won twice in Bean Town already, I think they've probably. They've probably had their their moment. I would imagine that the, the Bruins will take it down tonight for a, a game seven victory. Paddy, I'm I'm St. Louis. I'd like to see St. Louis do it. Oh, Kelsey, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see St. Louis do it. I think that it'd be a great story as well. Like they were, not that they were unfavored, but let's they do. There were so many teams as well that went out. Uh, early on in the playoffs, Tampa and so guys, teams that we thought were going to go all the way, but I wouldn't have put St. Louis and I'd like to see them take it. Um, any other business? Anything else? Please? Yeah, I just want to say a massive thank you to the uh, OSC committee. Um, they've worked their tail off last year, raised a phenomenal amount of money for the club. Um, we're totaling it up and we'll, we'll get that out there at the start of the season uh, at the AGM that we're holding and uh, they, they all work their tails off from you know Johnny and, and Christine, uh, especially you know the, the, they can't get me enough support. Um, uh, I really, really do appreciate it. And and I, moving into this year, you know we're with with sweet simple things like you know they they make um, the girls in, within the committee come up with the idea of doing like a a welcome pack for all the the new players. So they put soda bread in there, a tin of harp. Um, potato bread, all the local delicacies, and uh, pack of potato crisps and one obvious as well. Buckfast, though. Um, what's that? Buckfast, though. No, we're not like Buckfast in the SSA Arena, Joel. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. Um, <laughs> Never been told. We, uh, uh, well, we'll make sure you pay attention. Kidding me, time. Simon. But, uh, 
The, um, so, you yeah. know, for all those wee things and for all the efforts and for all the events that they've put on over the last couple of years, it's been um, it's been a brilliant effort. And hopefully we can do it all again next year. But uh, it's getting tougher because, you know, the, the targets sort of, uh, you, you want to beat what you had the year before. And, and um, you know, with the support of of, uh, of Taff, because Taff, the work Taff had pushed together for getting all that equipment all put together. He was wrong. When he came back from the, world, from the uh, playoffs, he was here for 24 hours. He was he was basically at the Nall Nice Bowl in the SSA Arena for 23 of those hours. Um, then he got shot and changed straight to the airport, and he was away for the World Championship. He's only back there, um, you know, two weeks ago, and he's away again. He's going to Spain tomorrow. Um, he's on uh, back to Slovakia for a few days, and then he's in Finland. Um, you know, he's all over the bloody place. But you know, Taff is just absolute legend. So um, great to see him back again next season as well for the chance. Yeah. Right, well, if that's it, boys. No, I have just, oh. just one more thing. I, I did send you a message there saying come back to me. Oh, Obviously, it's going out tomorrow, New Belfast. Uh, over the coming weeks, there will be New Belfast Giants announced as well. I'll be very excited about that. But there will obviously be a New Belfast Giant within the AVFTB you know, setup in the next few days, hopefully. And I know that um, from everyone at AVFTB here, probably will say everybody at me, says Joel, and all the Belfast Jazz people, we wish you every success with the upcoming uh, delivery. Thoughts and prayers, genuinely with you. We hope it goes really well, and we're really looking forward to hearing the news. Thanks How's Joel? Yeah, she's doing She's doing really well. Um, <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> Play your Champions League music now! <laughs> you know what? I am going to. I am going to. And I'm going to let him play. But yeah, she's doing great. Um, we are... A matter of days away, maximum from uh, from from our second one, our second child, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Russian's getting really excited. She's uh, she's said that we don't know what we're having. We don't know if we're having a boy or girl, but um, whatever it is, we're. It's we're, definitely going to be one of them. Like it's definitely <laughs> going to be one of them. I think, yeah. Or it's going to be Castor Semenya. It's one of those. Yeah. That's well. It's that's that's 2019. <laughs> which is wrap it up. Wrap it up. Which is oh yeah, fine. wrap it up. Which is fine. Thanks very much, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, and thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Shane Owen for being part of the show and welcome to the Belfast Jans. Yes, this has been a bit more Belfast Jans orientated, and there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. Not least the absolute show that's taking place at Milton Keynes. But you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll come back. We'll have another chat about that. We'll come back before the start of the new season. It's only 78 days until the puck drops in the Champions Hockey League. There's plenty of names to be added to that roster and uh, we'll come back and chat again. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Thanks guys. Cheers, mate. Thanks to everybody. Keep in touch with us at AVFTB on Twitter, Facebook, all the usual things. Check out those interviews on SoundCloud, not least the one with Patrick Vronka. And uh, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy your summer and we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.